morning. Welcome to the Old School, a podcast about the American education system, its quirks, its characteristics, its traits, its foibles, its picadillos, and everything in between, and solutions, insofar as we know the solutions, insofar as there are solutions to be had. Good morning here, Dr. Bourgeois. Good morning here, Miller. Uh, how are you over there? Well, I'm fine. Sort of. Okay. Um, so one thing about education and one thing about being in a high school is that even amongst the mundane day-to-day operations that have to uh, have to be put in place, there always seems to be something interesting that also emerges. So termites. What? Termites. That, that, oh my gosh! I didn't so, expect you to go in that direction. I, I, I thought you were going to be talking about school culture, or just you know, all kinds of things. But you just said termites. I don't know about the culture of termites per se, but apparently, and so my room is in a part of the building that's a part of the original building, and that original building dates back to 1983. And apparently, in the interim between 1983. <laughs> And the preceding four days, the uh, the following forty years, termites have had a field day with parts of that building. Parts of it, and, yeah. And presume in particular my room. <laughs> so there's like there's like a couple of holes in the wall, like in the back of my room, and it must be where people had kind of put something in there, or maybe tacked something onto it, and it just the hole got bigger over time. And every once in a while when I'm back there and I'm kind of looking at the holes trying to figure every once in a while, I've seen like a little head pop up. What? And he's kind of, he's kind of looking around and he kind of disappears again. <laughs> Are they that big? Well, they're big enough. Yes. And so I don't even know how big a term it is. I, I, well, my mind is going, I'm thinking yeah. about the beetles and fixing a hole. That, that's <laughs> now you have these giant termites with heads sticking out that you can see. Well, from they're just kind of curious of looking around. It's light now in, in, in that classroom. And so, so I remember what, so when the guy who came, came to my classroom after, so I had a swarm on Thursday that kind of came out of the, came out of the walls and my kids were freaking out. They're wigging out They're They're feeling all like they've got stuff all over them. And so we quickly exited out of the classroom, shut the door. (laughs) But but apparently, um, you know, these termites have kind of made themselves a bit of a home uh, in my walls. And the, you know, talking to the guy, the guy was saying, yeah, that's what they do. This is how they act. And we'd actually had, there's another, there's a middle school that's not far from us that had a massive issue the day before us because they had during the lunch time in the cafeteria a massive swarm of these termites just kind of descended upon the kids and you know it's a middle school and kids are not necessarily in middle school known for calm cool and you know reasonable reaction to things and so you can imagine the chaos that ensued afterwards but you know, these things kind of come out of the walls and, you know, there's not a lot you could do. I actually have happened. This has happened before years ago when I was teaching at another school, I was teaching in a portable and you think buildings are rife with termites, portables, my friend. Oh, 
And so I had dealt with termites before, but, but you don't um, like them. You don't like, I, we, I mean, or was that the cockroach? There was some bug that freaked you out and it didn't freak me out. And it really surprised me. What was that? Well, first of all, I'd, I, I would hesitate to characterize my reaction to cockroaches as freaking out. You were like doing this weird dance. Um, what? You, you don't usually move that quickly either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I think I took my shoe off and, 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 you know, set the termite to a better place um, let me let me or, wait it was me, not a termite it was a, it was not a termite it's a cockroach okay I, I'm, I'm being a racist uh, <laughs> <laughs> no the cockroach and i have trust issues and i don't trust the cockroach i find them to be filthy creatures i'm <laughs> sure that on the evolutionary grand scale of things they serve a function uh i am sometimes at a loss as to explain what that function might be and so, yes, I have issues with cockroaches, but the termite thing, you know, it, it's just, it's fascinating to kind of watch how this unfolds. And the guy who came in, came into my room to kind of ostensibly fix the thing, he says, Hey, haven't you, have you seen termites in here? I'm like, Oh yeah. And they poke out, they poke their heads out of the holes in the, in the wall. Yeah. I've seen them. And you don't tell me. Well, he, he asked me, he said, did you put in a work order? I said, yeah. yes. I say I talk to people, but if termites aren't a problem, it meaning if they or if they're not coming out, I think people just assume they're there, but they don't want to hear about it. Oh. So the notion that somehow they the 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 pest pest control people at my district did not have a chance to jump on this early is just ridiculous because they wouldn't have done it, and they didn't do it. Because it's not just me, but it's other people along that wall that I share, the kind of exterior wall. People have talked about it. I mean, it's a cesspool, and it's probably asbestos. Who knows what else is in that building? Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a short timer. I mean, you're, you're, I never knew how, how it all would all come out. Now you're just <laughs> talking about the physical space. You now, here's the funniest thing about the fact that I'm a short timer. And yeah. I'm just a teacher. So I go to talk to him. I, I see, I find him in my classroom in the morning. I come in here and I, he, he says, he knows I'm the teacher. And he says, uh, well, I've got good news and I got bad news. I said, listen, I don't own anything here. Really nothing is good or bad news. I just work here, you know? And so what the, you know what they're going to have to do over the summer, they're going to have to rip down the walls of that classroom and just start all over again because apparently such is the apparatus behind those walls that the termites have constructed for themselves that they've got to tear the daggum thing down this is this is some extended metaphor about something you know you're leaving <laughs> the walls are falling down as if you know, they can't have school without you and they have to start over and they were infested by termites but you heroically have been keeping them at bay until now, I, I can only go so long. So, um, and I and I can't stand no more. And uh, I'm out. And the termites have won, at least temporarily. The, the the war is not finished. The battle may have been won, but uh, what do they do? I mean, I know that they they, they like to poke their heads out of walls, apparently. <laughs> but do they then march forth and, and uh, uh, actually attack the students, or what? I mean, what 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 is their end game? Well, I've not spoken at length with a termite to assess this. <laughs> they, they don't seem to be interested necessarily with people. They're only interested in finding wood 
to feed and sustain themselves. They that's, all I, that's all I know. Okay. Would. And yeah. Did so. they fly? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So oh, they could yeah. have been like flying like locusts. You know, the thing, well, they're not quite that big, but the, oh. the thing is, when I was in that portable, you know, this last time, the, they, they didn't kind of come out in a traditional swarm. It kind of more they fell out. But this that group in the portable, I mean, it was like something from a Hitchcock film. <laughs> I mean, it was it was so it was so shocking that for a second I didn't really know what to do. I was kind of early on in my career, but you know, the kids, of course, just wigged out and came streaming out of that that uh, that portable. But uh, this time, you know, I thought I saw something flying around, but I wasn't quite sure. And then all of a sudden, the kids are like, "Stramiller, there's all of this stuff on the floor. Oh, it's in my bag. Oh, it's on me." And then there you go. So. Wow. Uh, well, you, you just made it come alive here, Miller. Um, <laughs> so, so you're, you're, you're saying your, your, your students didn't like file out, you know, walk out in single file calmly as, as you were leading them and saying it's, it's okay. But they, I told they, them to move yeah. expeditiously out of the classroom. And they had to say, where's a thesaurus? I need to know. <laughs> no, they then. They they understood the intent, if not the meaning. So okay, okay, yeah, that's all right. Okay. Anyway, so that's the latest from the stories from the front line. Well, well there's there's Ross more Miller. because weren't you an itinerant teacher for the rest of the day? Oh yes, I got well the next day. So the so that so the rest of that day, and then the next day, so the rest of Thursday, and then all Friday, I was a floater. Now. In other terms, floaters mean different things, but in educational terms, it's a teacher that doesn't have a classroom. So we've all been like there, some, right? Yeah, like some peripatetic <laughs> in, in, intellectual looking for students. I just kind of go through the hallways, go into the next room. With a car. And um, it's, it, it was something I had not done since the first few years of my career. Yeah, yeah, everybody does it. I know. It's, it, and it's not too bad because you got your cart, you got everything on the cart. Yeah. And you just move the cart from room to room. Now, the last time I had, I used to have an air horn, you know, I would use it <laughs> sparingly because it ticked people off, but you know, it gets too congested in the hallways and I can't get through with my cart. It's shocking how quickly an air horn will work to part the crowds. You blew an air horn in a <laughs> crowd of, of, of high school kids. Yes. <laughs> Boy. I was, I was a bit, I was a bit more rambunctious in those early years. <laughs> I guess so, but you so, don't have have it um, yesterday or whenever that was. No, you just managed to part the the sea of students. And let me tell you something: you think an air horn is loud outside? Yeah, you should try to try it in the hallway. It's, it is shocking so, how loud it is. So, what if everybody who has some type of a cart had an air horn? You you would have mayhem. No, listen, I'm not advocating this. <laughs> I am more than willing to admit that I did not handle everything the right way in my first few years of teaching. Okay. That's what I wanted it's, to hear. It just seemed funny to me on some level at the time. Yeah. But what are you going to do? I don't know. Um, now I'll tell you what else people think is funny. Okay. <laughs> Pranks. Pranks. And the the conversation uh, today has to do what has happened to the high school prank. What has happened oh to the senior prank? And what are you laughing about? Well, there's like unrest in the streets of Chicago by by <laughs> by young young people, students, and you're you're trying now to encourage them to 
uh, have pranks in, in their school, and we're we're just trying to wait, 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 wait. Are you comparing the hooliganism on the streets <laughs> of Chicago with the harmless and ultimately good-natured f- prank found at your typical high school? Uh, I don't know that, that that they do these anymore because they get tamped down. Um, it's like bringing a water gun. I mean, it's a pretty sensitive sensitive subject. But I mean, those, those well, were now, yes. down, but those no, those were tamped down in the late nineties. Even you know, I mean, so people have been taking everything pretty seriously for good reason. But but what's this prank you had in mind? Well, no, it's not is not a specific kind of prank. But I recall in my high school years the notion of the senior prank. And it was something that I was aware of. I wasn't a part of, but I was aware of it. And, you know, later in the years following, this was in the 1960s. That was in high school. Yeah. Come on. What? Stop it. What are you doing? Um, well, okay. Well, the well, 80s. It was the 80s, the 80s that I was, I was doing this. And so, okay. And your, and your classmates without your, involvement they didn't involve you well they didn't invite me to the meetings no so okay but they had meetings and they did a prank uh give us an example i mean i really don't know what a prank is Uh, i mean i I know kind of what they are in germany i don't understand that either what would (laughs) an example be in in a u.s school so when i was in the 10th grade the kiddos so we had the high school and then we had a votech school that was next to us and so some of the kids that went to the Votech school, well, well, they all did. They 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 had classes in both the high school and the Votech. And so one of the things, I think they got it from a movie or whatever the case may be, was to tr- basically try to break down a car and rebuild it within one of the classrooms. Um, I think they had like the shell of a car. It wasn't like the full kit and caboodle, but, you know. And so it's quite harmless. It's, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of planning. Um, it's more for effect, uh, and it's a good effect. Uh, no one is outraged. There's no tears, you know, no one's traumatized by it, but alas, you walk into a classroom and there's like a VW bug just sitting there tires and all. Yeah. It's good, clean fun. I love it. Yeah. And so that would be an example of it. And okay. so, um, you know, as far as like what would constitute a prank, I mean, I think it runs the gamut. Now, the problem is, is when it ventures into territory where it is either mean-spirited, it is unsanctioned, or it causes more problems than the joy it creates. So, for example, in my high school, a couple of years before I got there, there was a prank that was done that involved water guns and flour. And apparently, apparently, wet flour is difficult to get off of surfaces, or at least it's it it's a very messy operation to try to do that. It would make sense. It dries up, and it's not yeah. It, you need more water and things yes. to clean it up, basically. And so apparently, the combination of the mess that it caused, and then I think it I think it even made it onto YouTube, and it became a bit of a um, it became a bit of a sensation. I mean, there was kids just kind of just running all around the school, throwing flour over the second deck of a kind of a loft-like area, you know, where the second deck overlooks the first deck. And it was just a bit of chaos. And there was no organization. There was no uh, in, There was no beginning point. There was no end point. It just seemed to be something totally unplanned, uncontrolled, and, as I said, unsanctioned. Uh, 
and in my school, they basically shut down any and all pranks from there on out. And I didn't, I didn't know if this was the same rationale that people around the country used to shut down pranks, but it seems like there is a general shutdown. You don't see pranks. You don't see senior pranks anymore. No, I, I mean, I'm having trouble even picturing what one is or, or how there was YouTube when you were in high school. I'm trying to. No, I was, talking, I was talking about my high school where I work a few years before I got there. Really? They actually yes. did that? Well, yes. Okay. So that's, that's, that's so recent. Um, but yeah, it seems like it was an idea that got out of control uh, rather quickly, but, but, but the damage is just being a nuisance, you know? Um, well, yeah, but the problem is on, on something like that, it goes beyond being a nuisance. It becomes something now that it takes a lot of time to recover from. It takes a lot of time to clean up. And the people who cause the problems are not the ones cleaning it up because there's no general consensus of everybody who's involved because it seemingly was everybody. But in all your years of teaching, you never came across pranks. Not, not not a single one. I mean, that what you're described sounds like breaking and entering. Was that part of it too? As far as like the car? No. Well, both actually. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme. You know, you, well, the car definitely was breaking and entering. Although I think they had like an inside job guy. You know, maybe huh. a janitor or something like that. But <laughs> now, as far as, as as far as the flower and water guns, that happened during school, during the school day. Oh. And that kind of amplifies the issue because now not only is it become a beyond a nuisance, but it's also, sh you know, shutting down the presumed function of the school. Okay. So that is on YouTube. So we can check it out. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, the thing is, is that's not the, that's not the experience in other places. For example, you mentioned Germany. Now do you, the, in Germany, they have something called the Abi Schutz, which is basically like a senior prank day. What are your recollections of the first time you came across this? Um, you've been there more recently than I I was, but I'm yes. You know, the, the idea was first of all that everybody knew about it and they they anticipated it, they expected it. There was quite a bit of collusion with the faculty because they realized that usually part of it uh, would be that the the I guess you would call them in our terms the seniors the, the ones who are about to graduate, uh, who are a year older, you know, these are 19 year olds, uh, in, right. in Germany, um, are going to do something in it, but it involves, you know, being in the school, maybe barricading the school so no one can get in. <laughs> and, and, and there, then there's some good clean fun of, you know, dousting the younger kids with, with water balloons. I mean, that, that seems to be it in a nutshell, in, in a, unless you have any more details than that. Well, I mean, the, I think the thing that's been most impressive in the years in which I've experienced the Abbey shirts is just the sheer amount of work that goes into it. I remember one hallway, and it was a long hallway, and they had taken individual packets of Haribo gummies, and they strung them up from the ceiling tiles to the point where you, I mean, it covered the entire hallway. I mean, I don't know how long that must have taken. And then you have examples of setting up uh, barrels of hay to blockade different entrances into the schoolyard where kids have to kind of pay a fine, kind of a nominal fee of a euro or what have you to get in. 
And even when you get in, you're now subjected to water, you know, water guns and, you know, that sort of thing. Right. And everybody buys into it. Now, the first thing that I'm sure you know is that the first thing that the seniors in question do is they get, they run the plan by the administration. Right. And so from there, there's an administrative buy-in. And so once the administrative buy-in is there, the younger kids, the only thing they have to do is wait to find out what the prank is and just enjoy it. They're, they're, they're excited about it. And, but, and, and it does something. It gives them something to, to you know, they're, they're looking forward to that. But what's amazing is the buy-in from the teachers too. Because so about four years ago, four or five years, maybe five years ago now, I remember being, we were, we were walking up towards the school and it was clear something was happening. You had the seniors kind of basically running around on patrol to keep people out of the schoolyard. And when we came up to the perimeter, the teacher I was with says, I got this. I'll let them know who you are so you don't have to deal with the indignity of going through the <laughs> shenanigans of this. Right. And it was me, it was my host, and it was a couple other people, including a pregnant lady. She must have been seven months pregnant. Okay. And so he, the kid that we ran into, so we gave him a Euro each. Uh And I think they put it in like a fund for the school or whatever. I don't know what they do with it, but so we gave him a Euro each. He allowed us to go past, but he said, listen, all the doorways and things are locked. You're going to have to find another way in. Wow. And so what, what happened is we ended up going around the building and then in buildings that have like a basement, they may have a window that's at the top of the room but it's actually like down at ground level. Yeah. You can see down in it. So we ended up crawling through one of those windows. You did personally yeah. along with the pregnant woman, including the seven month. And no one had a problem with this, you know, and I'm sitting there going, wait a second, she's seven months pregnant. Can't we find her a door to go through? And she seemed more than game to climb through this window, which was not easy to climb through. Not to mention when you're schlepping around an embryo that's starting to, starting to get pretty big, it's not easy getting yourself into these windows. No, it we be. all climbed down through and then we came up into the school through the basement and then we just all went about our business. And you had a, a, a school. So eventually school does return and, and, you know, for what it for what it's worth during that day. It's not like a party. I think that's. A, I think your last statement there is true for what it's worth, because I think there's yeah. an understanding that nothing concrete is going to get accomplished on senior prank day, and it's just understood. And because the seniors took it through the administration, because they take full responsibility to set up the prank and also clean up from the prank, right? I think everything is okay. Yeah, they're very orderly and. Um, you know, cleanliness matters, and it seems like a, a, a nice German type prank that, we, <laughs> that our kids would probably number one not tell anybody about it, including each other. You know, the, the communication is probably challenging, um, but then also cleaning it up is, is probably the point of contention. They would not want to intentionally do that. So let me pose this to you: outside of the element of the water gun, which carries with it obvious complications given our recent history of the last couple of decades. By the way, this past week, the anniversary of Friday was the, um, the Columbine shootings in 1999, right. but 
given, you know, that the idea of the water gun notwithstanding, do you think that something has changed within education to kind of crack down or to minimize this this time-honored tradition of what schools used to have? Yeah, it, it feels like it's almost not possible now. And, and maybe if it's a, a small, sweet little country school, I don't know if we have those anymore. <laughs> um, but the you know the idea behind it of some type of rite of passage where these individuals are about to be adults and so they're um, showing some independence, um, we we definitely need that in in one form or another. Um, but but there's this general fear of of young people of, of, of students um, in in schools, and so I think that anticipating those types of things it's it's easier to shut it down than to be surprised by it i don't think adults i mean if i'm a school administrator i don't want to be surprised by whatever joke it is because the chances are it's gonna uh, be a little bit edgy and outside of what what we're comfortable with which is i guess part of the point and it does go to and i don't want to elevate school pranks to the uh, to the level of important life lessons that we all must have to have in order to grow, you know, spiritually, emotionally, whatever. But I do think that part of the issue is that when you don't allow for a responsible, um, a a responsible kind of exercising of this kind of activity, you create the irresponsible ones. Because when you clamp down and say there's to be nothing, then it it creates a situation where not only does it does there do you run the risk of there being something, but something that typically you don't want any part of. Right, and it might <clears throat> manifest itself at a graduation ceremony, for example. You know, for example, I know that that does happen occasionally, where it's public and, and even worse for the. So you might as well get it over by them locking themselves in in the room. Um, but um, I mean, I was thinking, you know, when you, when you said that, that as a retiring teacher, you know, you, you should have your own version of this. You'll come early. Barricade yourself in the classroom with water balloons ready to go. And your students after the obligatory 10 minutes would just leave probably. <laughs> <laughs> That I, I think it would be fun in, in, in the planning, you know, that it, because in some ways the the teachers need this also. Let's let's face it; they, they yeah. have they have a lot of steam. <laughs> they want to blow off as well. <laughs> What's interesting is that it seems like that during the Abischutz in Germany, that the target of the prank are other students, though still harmless. Um, still innocuous in its effects, but that the target is mm. the other students in the in the school. But it seems like when you get to some of the more problematic ones here in the United States, the the type of pranks that eventually shut it down nationwide, it seemed like the attacks were more against the school. And okay. I don't know if it has anything to do with how German students see their school as opposed to how our students see their school. I mean, certainly there are some kiddos in any school that have a pride in their school, but it seems like that there's, there's more of an edge to some of the worst ones 
that we think about in the United States. Yeah, it's you know, I mean, in, in Germany, it is it is good, clean fun, and the and the young kids. Uh, I mean, it's not like they're being held hostage. You know, they're, <laughs> they're they're, they're um, having having a lot of fun, and they look forward to it, and they'll be talking about it for the next week. And um, every everybody has has a good time. They clean it all up, and then um, the next thing you know, it's Easter or whatever. Um, so. In in many ways, you know, we we probably miss the the point um, as the the students are transitioning out. Um, it would be fun if they could like call the teachers by their first names during that day. How about <laughs> <that>? <laughs> something like that? A little ceremony that you're you're adults now. <laughs> now here's the interesting thing: you and I, you know, when you think about this, when you think about the pranks in a typical high school. The the audience for this prank are people fourteen and over, but you know, and our experience in Germany is more with the gymnasium, the academic preparatory high school. But even with the the Hauptschule, the Realschule, the Gesamtschule, all these other different high school types that exist, you have a much wider range. And I think with the pranksters in Germany, they keep in mind that part of their audience are 10 years old, they're 11 years old. Great point. And so, they're, they're in, so there's a bit of a protection that the older kids feel towards the younger kids. They still want to do the prank, but they also don't have the desire to hurt them or put them in a bad situation. Yeah, that's right. That's usually taken out of the equation. I, I know we have some K-12 schools, but for the most part, a high school is a high school. Um so I don't know what you're after here. Are you trying to bring it back? Or are you trying to give, I know we don't have any high school students listening, but are you trying to say that this is a valuable thing that's missing? I mean, why are we talking about it here, Miller? I think we're talking about it for a couple of reasons. One, it suggests from an administrative point of view, a fear of the students. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that's healthy. And I know that's not that does not lay completely at the administrative feet, this kind of fear of students, but it's, it's developed that way. Two, I think there are such high stakes elements to high school today that perhaps the prank could serve as a kind of a therapeutic element. And if done correctly, if done in the way that we see it in other places, i.e. Germany, it might actually create a better esprit de corps within the student body as it relates to that particular school. Now, the problem is, is that, you know, the, the administrations, I mean, administrations vary. There are competent ones, there's incompetent ones, there's, there's hardened ones, there's overly sensitive ones. Let me give you an example of what happens when this administration is scared of students and the students take advantage of this. Okay. So a couple of years after the incident with the flower and the water guns, I was now at, Cal at, at the school that I teach in. Uh, at um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and um, they decided, someone decided that the word would get out that a prank was in, in play and that the, prank would involve bananas okay and all of a sudden the administration and what seemed like an overreaction and even the teachers thought 
they're missing the point. The administration, both through teachers and also through the intercom system, made it clear that anyone caught with bananas, even though bananas are a legitimate snack or something you would include in your school lunch, yeah. that they basically forbade anyone, anyone seen walking around with a banana, it's serious consequences were to follow. Okay. And the problem was, is that the prank was that there was no prank. And so, what the kids did. Ah, okay. I was thinking that same thing. So they actually knew the reaction ahead of time or they anticipated it. They anticipated it and they made the administration look foolish. Good. Now, whether the, well, well played. Well, yeah, it is well played. And I must admit, I admired the effort because what it did was it played on the fear of the prank, but it also preyed on the rather over officious nature of some administrators, not all, but some, um, by the way, the administration I'm talking about no longer exists at my school. They've gone on to other things. I'm sure bigger and better things. They were all but, summarily fired after that. <laughs> <laughs> no one they was just, saved. <laughs> yeah, just, that's right. You just, on Monday, they're not there. So I think, but I think it's, I mean, it was so ludicrous. I mean, any teacher, and here's the deal, you know, about, you know, teachers who become administrators, you start getting out of the classroom, pretty soon you lose touch with the notion of what it means to be around teenagers, but, or you certainly, you can. But uh, the thing was, is that the kids understood that the administration was going to overreact to this and everybody played their part. No one <laughs> brought bananas. The school became <laughs> hyper vigilant to try to find bananas going so far as to get on the speaker about bananas. And we sit in here having this conversation about bananas. And that became the biggest prank of all. And I think perhaps if there was a different approach to this, I don't know if kids are up for it or not. I don't know if kids are too busy being on social media. They don't have time to plan pranks, but, but the Germans figure out how to do it. And it's there, they are just as connected to their phones as American teenagers. They just seem to have kind of more of a balance about it, but it seems like something that would be both fun. It would be kind of a, a kind of a welcome respite to the daily grind. And it would also create a partnership between the administration and the students rather than having this kind of adversarial relationship. Okay, that's brilliant. It's a, it's a wonderful image, the idea of bananas at the end of the <laughs> school year. Um, I, I think you're on to something. Um, now, people can't replicate that prank because it's already happened. Right. Um, and you know, maybe the idea of a prank is not on anyone's mind and they'll just forget it year after year because it doesn't sound like you've had that many since then. Is that the case? No, and I'm not sure how often it's even come up. I mean, I know immediately after the banana thing, there were a couple of incidences where senior senior groups of seniors tried to get something sanctioned. So they tried to kind of see, okay, if we get permission and if the administration understands the parameters of the prank and therefore are not threatened by it, maybe this can become something that's a little bit more whimsical. But it just never seemed to materialize. And I just... And maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill. Maybe mm -hmm. we're just fine not having pranks. But it just seems like there's no room for this kind of behavior anymore. And I can't help but think that perhaps 
we're not losing something in the process. I mean, these are teenagers. And really? surely there should be a natural inclination towards maybe something like this. But I don't know, if, because we haven't had it in a while, I don't know if people think about it anymore. I think you're you're the the first to bring this up. Uh, <laughs> uh, just like you're the first to talk about termites at the end of the, <laughs> the school year. And, and is there a connection between the two? I'll be spending the rest of my day trying to figure out where you are going with these two things. It's probably some mystical idea and the, the truth will emerge. I'm not saying that any kid planted the termites. <laughs> there you go. There's a prank right there. Let's plant some termites in Mr. Miller's room. <laughs> you know, the, the school that we shared together briefly mm-hmm. actually had some pretty good versions of pranks. Now, they weren't like a kind of a big school-wide kind of thing. It was more really? about me. But well, I, like to think, I don't remember that? any. I don't remember any. Well, there's two that I can remember that two that stand out the most. Okay. And again, they're both harmless. <laughs> one, I made the mistake of mentioning that one of the smells I cannot handle is canned tuna. Oh. It's an abomination. You never told me that. No one should ever open a can of tuna in front of anybody who's not also eating it. Okay. it it's just it's something that should be outlawed. It's like durian fruit in the Philippines or, you know, one of these other kind of <laughs> kind of foods. But, but so I made the mistake of mentioning this. And so as a prank, I think it was like April Fool's. Oh. I had a group of my kids take eight cans of tuna, open them, and then hid them around my classroom. Oh, that's good. And so... And of course, as soon as you get in, you can tell something's amiss, and then the kids are laughing, and then I'm laughing, and it's it's good fun. How do they do it? I mean, you were in the classroom with all of them, so well, they no, they, they would with... come in before I came in. Oh, okay. And they they planted the cans <laughs> of tuna. Nice. Okay. Actually, I think they did it the night before, the afternoon before, after I'd left. And so it's fine. You know, they, they, we have a laugh. It's funny. They get all the cans. And two weeks <laughs> later, you're still smelling the tuna. And I asked the kids, are you sure you got all the cans of tuna? And the one kid, <laughs> and the one kid goes, Mr. Miller, I swear I thought we got. I said, how many did you put out? Eight? Well, how many did you collect? We're not sure. And then we started going in the search because it now it's bad oh, in wow. that room. And, you know, a couple of the kids are laughing. I said, listen, y'all are in here with me, you know, <laughs> because, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter whether you like canned tuna or not. After a couple of days, it's you're in, it's getting to a point where it's becoming offensive. Well, wow. it turned out they'd forgotten a can <laughs> that was in the room. So they got wow. rid of it and some air freshener worked. The other time, I had a group of boys. They're so self-conscious. They grabbed my staple. I had a I had a great stapler. It's the kind of stapler that can change your administrative life. I mean, okay. it just had, felt good in your hand. I mean, it was a perfect stapler. And they had taken that stapler and they had put it inside of a Jello mold. Oh, that's a. And concept. then they just sat the Jello mold on my desk where the stapler normally would be. It's a great prank. The kids were so worried though that I was going to, because uh, I'm not a teacher known for warm fuzzies. They, no. they were so worried that I would react <laughs> horribly against it that they already had bought another stapler just like the one I had to replace it. 
Wow. But it was, but it was a great prank. I mean, here's, I mean, it's a strange thing to see a stapler suspended inside of a jello mold, but they did a great job at it. And it's an example of where, okay, maybe that last group didn't feel totally comfortable with me, but they felt comfortable enough to give it a shot. And there's that relationship between me and the students where they felt that they could do something like that and it would be okay. And I think that that's something that we should encourage between students and teachers, but also students and administrators and students and the idea of the school. I'm not saying that you can't find that relationship and you can't find that dynamic any way else. I just think it's a fun way to do it. Wow, those are beautiful stories. And we've known each other a long time and we were there at the same time. And I don't, I don't recall your, either of those stories. It must have been a private thing between you and your your students. No, I, we, I'm sure we must have talked about it. We shared an office oh. together, for God's sakes. Well, no. I mean, the, the stapler, I know I've seen that type of thing in other right. contexts with the stapler is brilliant. Um, but not not the, the tuna. I don't I don't. Yeah, it seems like you would have told me that. I think it might have really upset you, and you're, you're just <laughs> being funny about it now because you know, the, the years have passed, but it probably really bothered you to the core. <laughs> well, it's, uh, to me, it's just looking back on it, it's an example of something done right. And yeah. you think about the Abbey shirts, it's something that's done right, and it's done with conscientious, responsible kids. And I think anything that can preach responsibility and conscientiousness. I just don't think that can be a bad thing. And I think giving kids, especially teenagers, natural inclination towards being a bit rebellious, it seems like something that would be easy to foster and maybe create a certain level of school spirit. I don't know. Yeah. It's, um, we can dream. You have the <laughs> idea. You have uh, schadenfreude, which of course the Germans understand and we do too, but, sure. but with the, with a bit of wit and and not <clears throat> well intentioned, so everybody ends up feeling good about it. Exactly. That's that's really what we want right here. Everyone walks away with a smile on their face and a spring in their step, <laughs> a song in their heart. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, 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 thank you, Herr Miller. This this was enlightening, and I, I think you you did connect everything uh, heroically. I might add. <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, what is the plan for you today? Rest, um, relaxation, adult beverages, meats on the grill. Nothing, nothing much. I'm, I'm tired. I'm trying to not be grumpy. So probably sitting and reading is, is the safest thing for me today. Okay. And, well, and you're going to be gallivanting about or cleaning your classroom every weekend. I bet. Well, not every week. I'm doing it during the week, you know, as long as the termites yeah. are corporative. But, uh, um, but no, we, I, I swear my wife didn't tell me this, but we're going out with friends of hers. Well, the woman is a friend of hers. She went to high school with her and they live in Dallas. And so, but apparently part of the evening's activities is to go to a musical. Just a short musical, like about a 20 minute one. Oh, no. If only. <laughs> Not only is this a musical, but I think it's a long one. Um, does it have In, a name? Into the Woods? It's only the greatest musical of all time. We, Stop we, it. We, you don't no, even no, it's, it's my favorite musical. Um, it is. It's wise. It, it, you'll, you'll laugh. You'll cry. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's high-end. You'll, 
I thought you know, Fantasia was your favorite musical. No, no, I'm I'm real serious about this. I rarely get serious, but no, this is <laughs> this is the musical. If I could send you to one at all, you know, musically <clears throat> as far as the the text, um, it's 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 incredible. So I'm I'm, I'm suddenly envious. Um, I mean, I would love to take my daughter to Into the Woods. Where is it? We may just have, have it's to somewhere go. in Dallas. Some some high tone falutin theater i yeah. don't know what it is but no don't, you'll love it um, so don't don't think down badly of into the woods this is stephen sondheim and at his at his best okay yeah, yeah. I'll, i will take i will i will go to it with a with a open mind that's right into and the so woods. and we're also going to have good food i think we're going to have like ethiopian or something like that or i don't know it's a perfect combination. No, you'll, 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 have a, you'll, have a, you'll have a grand time and you'll thank me about it tomorrow because you'll have a better attitude now. All right. Very good. Well, with that, I shall bid you adieu, Herr Dr. Bourgeois. Auf Wiederhören, Herr Miller. Thank you.